0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And
2: here!
0: And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com.
1: Liner going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online the UCLA site on the 24-7
0: Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, we make the podcast of champions. Wow. Talking all things. Pac-12 football. My phone just fell. In was like making this noise. Yeah, that was weird. I got to check into a flight, so I went into my phone in front of me so I remember to check in for my flight because it's southwest 24 hours ahead of time i'm going to chicago this weekend david for what for what uh there's a well we got, is oregon washington being played in chicago
1: there's not
0: no uh, is it some
1: lesser team that's playing in much, around much, the chicago area
0: much lesser interesting yeah. Yeah. yes are uh, you going to a northwestern game two hours from chicago oh okay yeah. have you been to south bend indiana
1: i have i went in 2006 it was um uh, uh the closest I've come to crying about a sporting event in my adult life.
0: Oh, what happened there?
1: Uh, UCLA went to South Bend. This was against the uh, a pretty good Notre Dame team. Okay, in two thousand six, and uh, they they had a, a lead very late in the game. Oh. Uh, it was a really good defensive struggle. Remember that was the UCLA team with good defense that they beat, had U- good they beat USC that year. Yeah, um, and then they allowed uh, uh, Jeff Samarja... Uh, oh! In like basically three plays, the pitcher go from like the twenty to the end zone uh, to lose the game in a game where they had dominated defensively, and then they went into a turtling prevent defense uh, there mm-hmm. at the end, which is a uh, now in fairness, it is a time honored and lovely UCLA <laughs> tradition to do that. Uh, but at, at my at you know I was I was twenty, it was a huh. it's a tough time for me.
0: Well, yeah. So I'm going. To, I'll be in South Bend. Not. You stay in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Uh, You go to South Bend just for the game. Now, it's pretty campus and everything, but that's not where you want to stay. No,
1: you got to stay in Chicago. We stayed in Chicago even when we were on the Daily Bruin budget.
0: Yeah. Um, Cam said it's the Civil War being played in Chicago. That's a
1: good point. Yes. Yes, this is the Civil
0: War. Um, Does
1: this stupid one have a name, USC Notre Dame?
0: And they play it for the Jeweled Shillelagh. Okay, but is that the name? No, it's just USC Notre Dame. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think they have a name for it. Okay. It's the Apple Cup. Okay. Well, no, no it's the Civil War. Mm. Is it, though? You don't like it? No, I think it's the Apple YBS Cup. Maybe I said I sounded like Michael Buffer right there. You did. It escalated
1: rapidly on your intro, and I meant to bring it up, but then you asked me a question, and I forgot about it. Oh, okay. But you you really you really just rose. There was no there was no crescendo moment. There was no bringing it down. It just kind of went straight up.
0: Yeah. It was incredible. Um, you want to do a question, like, right off the bat? Sure. Uh Why not? We haven't even done the intro yet. Uh Gentlemen, this is from uh, YouTube. We are live on YouTube, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's a simulcast or whatever you want to call it. Uh What is this? Drag- I don't know what the hell you say. It's Drag name- racing duelist. Oh, nice. Okay. It's really small on my, mm-hmm. my screen here. Yeah, yeah. Gentlemen, what is the most dangerous animal you could defeat in a one-verse-one fight? Exclude animals like... Snakes, bugs, et cetera, that are small and deadly, but could easily be stepped on.
1: I would have to think one of the, like, smaller wild dogs or smaller wild cats, right? Uh-huh. Like, one of the ones that, like, I don't know. I don't even know where you grade them, but, like, some version of a bobcat, one of the smaller ones. I don't know. They got the claws. They got the claws, but I feel like, you know, with mass comes some advantage, Yeah, Um, You know, once they get clawed into you, then you grab them and you just like kind of sit on them and crush them. Yeah. Like, I think you're losing eyes and stuff, but I think I'd have a chance. Yeah. But like, honestly, honestly, like maybe a medium sized dog, but that's about it. Like, I could probably take on like a 40 pound dog and be okay.
0: What about like? a medium-sized, like, alligator or something. Not a
1: chance in hell, are you kidding? Can- so you, out- you can do that weird thing where don't if you, like, close their mouth, don't they go to sleep
0: or I some shit? I think so, or upside down. And, like, you could be outside the water and, like, ground by the tail maybe. I
1: don't no, know. I don't feel good about it those, like, because, seem super dangerous. Like, like well, you might be able to fuck Yeah, with. they can move, like, whips. Like, it's not... I don't think that would be very easy. Um, what about a kangaroo? No, they're, they're, a kangaroo would fuck you up, <laughs> man. No, there's no way. Uh, they'd kick the shit out of you.
0: Uh... EBS said, Dave, a bobcat would tear your ass up. I think so, no, too. No, no, I
1: don't – this is where my lack – so, if you want to find, like, a real gap in my understanding of the world, like, talk to me about some – Talk to me about some, like, zoology at some point because I don't know shit about animals. There's some type of wild cat that's smaller. I'm talking about that one. It might not be a bobcat, but you you, you know what
0: I'm saying. Yeah. We. It's sort of funny. We're talking about this stuff, and, like, Oregon-Washington fans are already fighting in the chat. <laughs> Which is great, like talking about Ted Bundy was a Husky and Bo Bo Nix throws sideline passes or whatever. Like, this is great. Um, We do have to talk about football. Well, I guess we'll get into it. Um, Yeah, we got a great show for you today. We're previewing an amazing week. Wait, you didn't give an answer. What What wild animal would you defeat? I I said like, I said. You uh, thought an alligator? I think I could, like, because they're small to the ground. I think people are
1: giving me shit because I'm like trying to argue that I could fight something a little bit bigger than a house cat. And you're saying you can fight an alligator and nobody's giving you any shit. I'm giving,
0: because they see, I'm long, lean. I'm I'm feeling like because they're, they're like low to the ground. Yeah, you're right. Like, kangaroo would fuck you up. They can stand up and stuff. But I feel like you could str- strategically get around alligators.
1: There, there was something so funny. Uh, I saw uh, like a, a it was a graphic of like the rest of the world versus Americans. It was a poll of uh, you can you think you can defeat an X in a fight? And it was like a lion, a bear, an alligator, like all these different things. And the rest of the world, it's all like five no percent, five like two percent. Americans, it's like thirty <sighs> percent. 50 percent like oh i could fight a bear yeah um it's amazing Uh, i love it
0: jim says dave you could whip a puffin's ass i could beat
1: the shit out of a puffin in fact i do often
0: we we could do puffins, but like, how many would be like the critical mass? Where you well, like, so, could take no, on but that's many
1: that's the best question: is uh, how many eight year olds could you beat in a fight? <laughs> right?
0: We think we talked about this on the yeah. show. Before. <laughs> like, I probably like a hundred puffins. Like, I think I do. I don't know. Like...
1: Again, it's all about: are they coming one at a time? One no, at a no. time, I could beat the no, eight year olds like until a, I get exhausted.
0: This is a swarm.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, but if they swarm you, you're in trouble.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, we do have a great show. We're actually talking about college football. We should have done this last week when the when it sucked. You know, we got ranked on ranked matchups. Yeah. No, no, even Pac-12 after dark uh, this week. So we're gonna preview all of uh, uh, week seven. We will do our picks against the spread, and where I do my picks is uh, my bookie. So when your money's on the line, you choose a trusted sports book that gives you tools to win, like my bookie. At my bookie, it doesn't matter if your team is up or down. You can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. So you can use my bookie for daily odds boosts. Same game parlays. So you can take advantage of huge prize pool contests. Plus, my bookie has no strings attached. Cash bonus. They'll let you deposit and withdraw very quickly. If you use the promo code, this is our code only. Pack twelve on your first deposit. You can get up to two hundred bucks in cash. So, promo code pack twelve to claim your own cash bonus now. So, try the my bookie money bag. Uh, it's a potential Super Bowl front runner, like the Eagles or the Chiefs, and you can get them at crazy odds, like uh, plus 38,000. You won't find odds like that anywhere else. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only at my bookie. And yeah, we do have a fun show. We are live on YouTube. Thank you. If you're in the chat, um, please put your questions in there, and I'll try to star them, and we'll get to them later, or we just talk to them whenever I want. If I see something cool, like what kind of animal could you defeat? Before we even did all our intros and everything, um, email if you want to email us we got a ton of emails before because we just did a show two days ago but pac 12 Podcast at gmail.com um, i'm getting notifications on my computer which is great 424-532-0678 is the number if you want to call or text us and of course tweet us at pac 12 Podcast. the website where all our stuff is all the content pac 12 podcastcom and then you can go to the apple podcasting app and follow our rate. follow or rate us with five stars we always appreciate it last Last year we had like six reviews or something. I don't know. Do we have any new ones this week, David? We have
1: none. We have new, no new reviews. Any, that's fine. That's fine. We
0: got a whole bunch um, before. You didn't even uh, bold the the games in there. We're to do a lot of picks. I don't do that. That's uh, a you thing. That's a me thing. I yeah. like things to look good. Uh, I like them to look good. That's just the way I like to go. Um, okay. So we have to do the survival pool. Uh, we talked about this. What do we have? Like 74 people left or something like that. I believe that was the last... Um, so make sure you enter your picks. The links are everywhere. We put the links on pactfulpodcast.com. They're in um, on the YouTube channel and they are in uh, any of the podcasting, wherever you get the podcast, we put that link in there. So make sure you put in your picks if you're still alive. If you're not still alive, I'm sorry. You can wait till next year. Don't put your picks in. Uh, don't do duplicate picks. So pick a team you haven't picked yet. Um, this week, Do we not want to reveal? We said you didn't want to reveal, right? Um. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Okay. I'm going with Utah. And I'm going to go with Colorado. Yep. So, Colorado, uh, were they playing Stanford? hmm I feel pretty good about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Utah's got the resurgent Cal that's scoring, like, 40 points a game. So. I don't know if I'd call them that. Resurgent. They're still on track to win three or maybe Man, four Man, they're going to whoop some Utes ass. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I would normally, you know, not root, but since you're picking utah i'm written against you wow uh, you remember last year like i was out like super early i forget who lost someone lost like arizona state or something like lost early yeah i think a lot of people were out like week one or week two yeah because there was like this huge upset or no was it like arizona losing the north like, or maybe that, that was two years, years ago. ago yeah um okay so we got to get to uh, a bunch of the games anything else do you want to say Did, was there any news um, uh
1: i don't think we had any news um Yeah, there's some more legal wrangling with the whole lawsuit thing where apparently Klyavkov said in the Comcast um, battle that UCLA and USC were no longer voting members of the Pac-12. So that would play hell with their argument that they should still be voting members of the Pac-12 along with the other departed schools uh, for anything going forward. So uh, Wilner seems to think that's significant. I'll trust him because I don't care enough to find out.
0: Yeah, it's. When you think about it, it, like USC and UCLA left a long time ago, but everyone's leaving at the same time. I feel like everyone should have the same status. USC didn't. Yeah, and
1: the you, status should be you have no say in right. what goes for. Right. USC what goes and UCLA weren't forward. voting.
0: Right. Colorado shouldn't be voting now. Um, Utah shouldn't be voting now. Oregon shouldn't be voting now. I don't. I don't get why this is a big deal. Do you feel it's a big deal that Klyavkov, um didn't go to, to, or didn't speak? I don't know if he wasn't there. Uh, Pac 12 basketball media days were going on.
1: I mean, what the hell was he going to say? When he last spoke at Pac 12 media day for football, the conference still existed. It no longer exists. Um, So,
0: I mean, it's still got to exist, like for. Yeah, but what's he going to say?
1: I don't know. Like, there's nothing to say. And um, I think he opens himself up, given all of the like weird lawsuit stuff going on right now, to liability he probably doesn't need. So just chill out. Yeah. Hang out in Montana wherever you are. It's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Bill Walton not being there, uh, you know that's that was cited by a bunch of people as a oh sadness. Why was he not there? I don't know.
0: Just you don't doesn't... go? Do you guys go to media? Tracy went? Yeah, Tracy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, UCL we haven't
1: crazy. made a habit of it, but since UCL is actually good again, we you know like to pay attention to him where they go. Yeah, I
0: didn't send anybody. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love going to Vegas, but it's like football season, so that's
1: it's kind of crazy that you didn't take that opportunity to go to Vegas midweek. <laughs> Wait, wait. when was it? Was it was
0: like earlier in the week? mm mm-hmm. um, It was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. Nice. Literally yesterday. Okay. Uh, so we got a preview all of our week uh, seven games. And like I said, it is a great slate. Could separate the contenders, the pretenders. Were you uh, going to
1: go the men from the boys? No. It felt like you were.
0: No. I yeah. wrote in the thing. Can we bring this up? The chat people. So I write all the copy for all this stuff. And Dave's the writer. Like, I'm writing all this stuff. You could do this. We should have you write some of it. Wait, are you saying you wrote what you just said? I think I wrote somewhere in there, like, pretender and contender.
1: Damn. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, just so everyone knows, behind the scenes, uh, Ryan writes those long blog posts nobody reads, like the ones that are on the Pac-12 podcast page. And then he also writes all the copy that goes into the story page that's on 247 Sports. It's usually the same. Uh, Writing stuff like that drives me absolutely insane. (laughs) because it's just like thoughtless like Brr! um just like make the make the typewriter go burr um I can't do it I'm, I'm I'm amazed every time when I go into one of those things and I'm like wait these are three entirely novel paragraphs like these are not he he didn't just copy and paste from a previous post no. this is just three just entirely new paragraphs and it's pre-written about what we're going to talk about, which feels awfully predictive to me. You never know where this show is going to go. True, uh, and uh, and uh, it's uh, it's it's impressive. I just wanted to cite that. It's a, it's the most impressive thing Ryan does for this show. It's also the only thing he does for the show. Yes, that's uh, it. Obviously, I do everything else.
0: You could uh, you could do some of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. First up, this is we have a Friday game this week, David. We didn't do uh, any kind of Friday game. No. Um, last week because we no. you know just wasn't that great of a slate but uh we have and i i don't know this squad like they went to a lot of bcs bowl games and stuff this they must be good i haven't paid attention yet but we got stanford cardinal where are you zodiac killer and they're going on the road to take on
1: colorado buffalo <laughs> All right, so this game is Friday at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Stanford yep. at Colorado. Colorado's an 11.5-point favorite. Um, I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand. I truly do not understand how everyone is still thinking Stanford is a respectable football team capable of covering 11.5 points on the road. I, what What are we doing here? Um cuz Colorado okay Colorado's got flaws right they they They've played close games. They've played some close games. Have any of them been against a team as just bereft of talent and uh, and horrible on both sides of the ball as Stanford? No. No. Um I'm I'm struggling with this one. Uh I'm just struggling to see how Stanford keeps this within a couple of touchdowns. Um they've only so they've played They had a competitive loss to Sac State and a competitive loss to Arizona, both at home. Uh, They beat Hawaii. Hawaii is, you know, obviously one of the worst teams in all of college football. Uh, They've been blown out at USC, blown out by Oregon at home. Um, Colorado is not those teams, but it is a pretty darn good offense. Um. Yeah, I'm taking Colorado, no question about it. I, I I'm struggling with this one a lot. I don't understand this line. And usually when I don't understand a line, it ends up being Stanford like winning or losing by three.
0: Yeah. LFG says, um oh uh search says, Do you think Colorado is a respectable football team capable of covering twelve, David? Um Yeah, I just took him. And her uh LFG says heard Ashton Daniels is out injured. I have not heard that. Um do you want to take a quick look and see? Yeah, I'm looking. So uh, Pac-12, uh, I love Greg over at the Pac-12 that does uh, a lot of the stats, and he'll give you some different things, like different notes. So Colorado's uh, Xavier Weaver, through six games, he has a team-leading 507 receiving yards. He's the first buff since 2019 to have over 500 uh, receiving yards in any season, and this is only halfway through.
1: Ashton Daniels will play, or he's he's available to play this game. Okay. You
0: know what Stanford's note is for this one? Mm. Okay, uh, Ben Urosek. You know the tight end. Mm-hmm. He leads all Pac-12 tight ends mm. in rushing yards, forty-two. That's the note for Stanford. Uh, that I'm taking That's Colorado. That's, That's really dark, man. It That's is a very really dark. dark note. Uh, I'm taking Colorado. Uh, so this is the worst of our start for Stanford since 2006, when they were 0 and nine. Uh, they did beat Hawaii early on. Um, so yeah, this is not this is not good. Um uh, yeah, I yeah, I there's no I can't justify I mean, I don't feel great about having Colorado win by eleven and a half points, but uh I feel way worse about I mean I can just see forty nine to three in the Coliseum. I feel like this is one like Colorado can kind of get rolling and get to five and two and then lose some games kind of down the stretch. So
1: yeah. And there's a chance Travis Hunter's back. So um yeah, I'm 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 feeling Colorado. Here. I feel
0: like pretty good about this one, but not yeah. That's what um that's what uh Whites a lot says um about Travis Hunter. So he could be back. So we'll see uh, about that one. Okay. So fun little like, you know, it's a good appetizer, I feel like. It might be a blowout, whatever, but we're fr- it's Friday. It's a pac twelve. Um and you know, you get a little a little action going on. We'll have it on uh, where I'm in. Uh, we'll be in Chicago, like doing a little meetup and stuff. So we'll have this game on. That'll be a lot of fun. Then uh, on Saturday, really things start to get uh, good. We have California Golden Bears. Gotta <sighs> go beat some Utah Utes.
1: Uh. uh... You've got a really interesting definition of good. Things start to get good. Uh, at 12 p.m. on the Pac 12 network, Cal is indeed traveling to number 16, Utah. Utah, like Colorado, is an 11 and a half point favorite over the Bay Area school traveling in. This again makes zero goddamn sense to me. Um, Utah obviously has kind of its famous um, offensive issues um, and has for. Oh, I don't know the whole season, um, but it's Utah. Again, this is very important. This is very important information. It's Utah at home. Utah at home is a superpower. Utah at home beat Florida by 13. Utah at home beat Weber State by 24. Utah at home beat UCLA, which we now have verifiable true troo- uh, proof has an elite defense 14 to seven at home. Uh, they're not so good on the road, but they still beat Baylor on the road. They lost at Oregon State. Cal is none of those teams. Cal's not good. Cal is uh, the most middle of the road you can imagine offensively, the most middle of the road you can imagine defensively. Uh Fernando Mendoza looked a little bit better at quarterback. Is he going to look good at quarterback against Utah? I can tell you definitively. No, he will not. He, he will not. No one is going to look good offensively for Cal against Utah. They're going to score 10 points. Will 10 points be enough uh, to cover against Utah? No, because I think the 10 points will involve probably a pick six or a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Utah will also do something weird on special teams that will score them a touchdown. Uh, They're going to end up with 24 points. It will be 24 to 10. Utah, take them to cover. Wow. Uh, Well, I'm going to go with Cal, the Sturdy Golden Bears. You're insane. Your picks on Cal, I would like to go back and verify, but I think you are over this year. I might be. It feels like. I
0: like. Well, if we would have had confidence last week. Well, you had Oregon State last week, so you're not over. Right. I had Oregon State last week. But Cal was like, they looked on offense like I thought they would look.
1: Yeah, but what happened to you doing the uh, two-week rule on, you don't look at what they did last week, you look at what they did two weeks bad. ago yeah, to that, make a determination. That didn't
0: work very well. <laughs> so I'm going to go switch it up.
1: Plus, I need to like. I think operating with rules about how you're picking is maybe your
0: first mistake. Yeah, you don't want to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, no i yeah Utah's got a freaky good defense and cal's offense is not good enough to take advantage of it that's my main thing here
0: i mean the men so we have like comments in the chat about uh, above the mendoza line boom which is a baseball term dude the dodgers got swept by the way i was like you you don't care but the dodgers got swept that was bad uh yeah the mendoza line if you hit above 200 um so yes uh Love that. The little notes we got from the Pac-12. Cal is currently in line to play five straight games against AP-ranked opponents. Um, Utah's number two in that stretch. Since 1980, no Pac-12 team has ever played five straight ranked opponents in the same season. That's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Utah, they've won 26 straight games at home versus unranked teams. It's the fourth longest streak in FBS. And 17 straight at home overall It's the third longest active streak in FPS. So uh, that's an interesting one there. And uh, yeah, Cal's not been very good on the road. They're looking for their second road victory over a ranked team in the whole Pac-12 era. Wow! So that's not... They're 1-19 in that time. That's not good. But Fernando Mendoza, second career start. He was really good last week. I think he's going to be good this week. So I will take him to cover, you know... It's a more. I, I could see Utah winning this game by seven, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's very. You could see that, right? Like Utah yeah. just wins a game by seven. I think it's fairly likely. If they don't, they'll probably win by like twenty-eight. But I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna go against you, and uh, I'm gonna take the Utes. All right, fair enough. I mean, I'm still gonna take uh, Cal to beat the fair Utes. Fair enough. Plus, if they upset Utah, then you're out of the survivor pool. So that's even. That's even more. More to root for. I uh, love it. Okay, next up we have. Uh, we could probably skip this one. Eh, but I guess we'll talk about it. <laughs> Oregon Ducks. Uh, going to Seattle to take on Washington Huskies.
2: All right,
0: this
1: is the big one. Twelve thirty on ABC. Number eight Oregon at number seven Washington. Uh, Washington's got the three points at home, so they're favored by three. That indicates if this is a neutral field it would be an even game which feels 100% correct. Yes. Uh these two teams are not only evenly matched, they are very similar. Down to resume, down to the makeup of the teams, like they're both the both o- <laughs> they're both offensive juggernauts. Uh Washington has arguably the best pass offense in the country and a pretty good rushing offense. Oregon has almost certainly the best rushing offense in the country and a very damn good passing attack. Um, defensively, they're very similar. Oregon gets after the quarterback a little bit more. Washington plays a little bit more coverage based, a little bit more just kind of sound tackling. Um, but really even. And then if you go to the resumes, Oregon's played one good team, Texas Tech on the road, beat them close game. Uh, Washington has played a slightly more, uh, difficult schedule in aggregate. But uh, they haven't played any team as good as Texas Tech. They played Boise State, though. They played at Michigan State. They played Arizona. And so they've had a little bit more um, seasoning, I would say. Mm. Like the quality of their opponents has been a little bit better. Uh, But the problem for me is Washington hasn't faced a defense that does things exactly the way Oregon does. They get after the passer so well that it's going to be the, I think the first real major test for that Washington offensive line. And I just think it's going to be a little bit leakier against a pretty good Oregon pass rush. And then I think Michael Penix is going to be under a little bit more pressure. I still think he's going to be really good, but this is going to be a marginal game. So you're looking for where's the matchup advantage, where's the potential for uh disconnect. And I see it. Oregon's pass rush. I could see causing uh, Washington's offensive line, some issues. So, because it's three in favor of Washington, I'm going to take Oregon. Whoa. Bum,
0: bum, bum. Uh, I thought Washington was going to make the PAC 12 championship game. And I don't think to do that, you're going to win this one. And, uh, yeah, I like, I like the Huskies here. Um, they haven't had, you know, the Oregon I, people are commenting in chat. Do you think Texas tech's a good team? They're not. Um, Texas tech's a really good team. Are they out of their fucking minds? No, weren't they bad? No. What's their no. what's their record?
1: Texas Tech has lost three games. They lost at Wyoming. Everybody loses at Wyoming. Uh, they yeah. lost Oregon at home, and they lost at West Virginia, who's turning out to be pretty good this year. But they're they're good. They're they're totally fine. Like they're gonna finish. I don't know. Uh, what does Connolly have not projected? They're gonna finish a bowl team, easy. Okay. And it was on the road. Uh, w- so that's the only. So they're rated twenty sixth in SP plus right now um because they probably should have beaten wyoming washington uh has played the best team they've played according to that according to the sp plus the best team they've played is at arizona which is worse than texas tech uh at michigan state they're a top half sp plus team at or boise state at home is a top half sp plus team and they blew blew both of those teams out but struggled a little bit with arizona and of course it was in the desert but struggled a little bit so Oregon will be – look, this matchup for both teams is going to be the first time they've played an elite opponent. So any, yeah. any analysis we have, it's all bullshit. Who knows? Um, but uh, I, I, that matchup between Oregon's defensive line and their pass rush against uh, Washington's offensive line is the matchup of the game. And I just see it I, – I see it
0: stalling Washington's offense a little bit more than they're used to. All right. We'll see. Um, I'm taking the Huskies in this one, uh, laying the three. Uh, I could see them winning by three, but, you know, I feel pretty good about this one. Uh, Washington, they're the only FBS team averaging over 400 passing yards a game. Actually, 446.4. They're on pace to have the best yards per game of any FBS team since Texas Tech uh, did 463. And that team was quarterbacked by Patrick Mahomes. Mm. That's a comparison there. I like that. There you go. Bo Nix is the first player responsible for fifty-five plus t- TDs at multiple schools. Uh, we already talked about that one. That was they give us an old one in on that one. I'm not sure. I uh, I like that. Um, yeah, obviously a huge game here. Uh, a couple other notes. Um, yeah, I think that was. Let's see. Oh, uh, let's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that was all the notes I had for for this. Oh, there was a Chris Felica note. Um, so in the Pac-12 era. It's the first time, um, so this is the first time that both teams were ranked in the, in the top 10 these teams have played, which is kind of crazy, uh, and the first time since 2004 that two Pac-12 teams have faced each other when both are 5-0 and or better, which is kind of weird. The last time was 5-0 USC beat 5-0 Arizona, that was uh, Arizona State, 45-17 back in uh, 2004, and apparently, they didn't put this in the notes, but Felica said during that same time frame, like the SEC has had like 15 of these matchups. I forget what it is exactly, but this is the first time since 2004 you've had two packed-off teams playing with un you know unblemished records with a, of at least five games. Wow, so it's kind of crazy. That's crazy. When you think about it. Yeah, um, and we did a little bit. So yeah, uh, we got game day going to be there. It's going to be crazy. Um, obviously, the winner is going to be in the driver's seat. Uh, you know, taking the lead there, so we'll see uh, how this one goes. But this sort of starts like the fun, the fun season, right for Pac-12. Like we've had a couple of good weekends, but this is going to be great. Like, you know, these two teams, two top ten teams, playing each other—you uh, gotta love it. Yep. All right. Uh, next up, we have. Let's see. It is Arizona Wildcats wow. on the road, ticking on Washington State Cougars.
1: All right, this is 4 p.m. on the Pac-12 network, so you can watch the full Oregon and Washington game before turning this one on, which is nice. Uh, Arizona, I mean, by turning this one on, I mean finding an illegal bootleg stream from uh, yeah. Livonia. Uh, Arizona at number 19, Washington State. Washington State is an eight-point favorite at home. Mm. Um That's kind of significant for me. So um, I like Washington State a lot. Um, I think they've been very good this year. Uh, UCLA caused them some issues. I don't think Arizona is going to be able to cause them uh, the same sort of issues. Um, But Arizona is a pretty decent team. Um, They're not horrible. Um, And Washington State isn't like they blew out Northern Colorado, which is horrible. And they blew out Colorado State, which is pretty horrible. They're not blowing other teams out. They beat Wisconsin by nine. They beat Oregon State by three. Um, They beat. They lost to UCLA by eight. Um, Arizona's decent. Here's the question for me. If I knew Jaden Delora was starting, I'd take Washington State in a heartbeat. But there's still a chance. Noah Fafita starts in this game. and Because of that, I got to take Arizona. Eight points is too much. I think Washington State wins the game. But I think Arizona, as they've made a habit of doing this year, is going to play a competitive game.
0: Ah, all right. Um, I do like Washington State at home a lot. The fact that they were able to get a win against uh Oregon State there. They beat Wisconsin. There's a lot of points. But Arizona played Washington, USC, and now Washington State. And they put some great efforts into those other two games to fall short. I feel like there might be a little bit of a hangover effect here going up that a Palouse Um Maybe a little bit of a get-right game for Washington State after what you know the debacle that was the Rose Bowl. So, uh, don't feel great about it, but I'm going to take uh, the Cougs in this one, and uh, think, so they, think they get to win at home.
1: Serge brings up a great point. Can't believe David is even considering trusting Jed Fish coming out of concussion protocol. That's true. Sure. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he is recovering from a piano falling on his head at halftime of that game. We don't know yet if he has fully recovered. The only thing I, uh, that I, I. I have to consider here is that Arizona has not lost a game by more than seven points this year. They lost 24, they lost 31 to 24 twice once on the road. And we saw the triple overtime loss to USC. I don't think it's a question of them. Like they're just playing up to these guys and they're, you know, they're expending all of their energy They're expending all their great effort. I think it's a good team. Like, I think they're fine. And I think a fine team can go on the road to Washington state and not lose by eight. I think they can keep it within a touchdown.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I could see that, but not this week. We'll see. <laughs> uh, Arizona, um, Jacob Cowing set a school uh, record with four receiving TDs, and Noah Fafita threw five touchdowns. It's the most an Arizona quarterback has ever thrown in a game against a ranked opponent. So uh, that's pretty cool. And Washington State, before his first interception at UCLA, Cam Ward had thrown 161 passes without a pick. Uh, the most of any FBS quarterback to start 2023 uh, without an interception. So kudos to him. Okay. Next one up, we have a... Uh, USC Trojans. Uh, taken on, and you can do this one if you want. The Notre Dame fighting
1: Irish. Give me my pot of gold. That's, I don't know, man. Um, Did what I could
0: you with, did. That was with, not bad well, Someone out. actually in the beginning of the chat Was like I can't wait for David to do his uh, Yeah well you got it
1: Yeah, 4.30pm on NBC Number 10 USC at number 21 Notre Dame Notre Dame is a three point favorite Over the undefeated USC Trojans How is this possible Ryan How can they disrespect The Trojans this way I don't know it doesn't make any sense. How how could you possibly do this? Um, so here's what we know. Uh, Notre Dame's a good team. They did, uh, however, just get absolutely smoked by Louisville uh, on the road. They load. were
0: beaten down.
1: Yeah, it was 33-13 at one point, finished 33-20. Um, they also lost to Ohio State, a game they probably should have won. Um, otherwise, they've been fine um they've mostly been playing uh some kind of dukey teams and then they actually played duke um beat them on the road um you know they're they're solid on both sides of the ball they're not really um one or the other uh you know you thought marcus freeman it was going to be all uh defense it's been a good defense but um they've been a fine offense too sam hartman had a bad game against louisville i don't think he'll have a bad game in this one um Uh, it's hard to trust USC right now. That's kind of the issue for me. Um, I think they could totally come out more focused and blow out Notre Dame. I think they could absolutely win by a couple of touchdowns, but the USC we've seen for, you know, three straight weeks, really uh, at ASU at Colorado and then Arizona at home has been um, unfocused, disjointed, bad defensively. um, And again, At a certain level, you are what you look like. Like It's not, oh, we're playing bad. No, it's just you are bad. Like Your defense is just bad, Um, and it's whatever you want to say, coordinator, players, however you want to point the finger. The defense isn't good. Um, I think Notre Dame is going to be able to score on it. And then it's a question of, okay, is USC going to do what it does offensively against what is, again, a pretty good defense? It's not like something that's – it's not UCLA level. But it's a pretty good defense. Yeah. Um I gotta go with Notre Dame here. I think I knew uh, you would. I think uh they're gonna be able to score. I think they can get over 35, and I think that'll be enough.
0: We were picking a lot of games uh differently. But that was sort of the strategy because you got me, you know, we were tied, 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 and then you got me by two. So but now, what
1: happens after this week when you're then suddenly
0: like eight games? Then back? I'll pick everything differently. <laughs> now this we'll probably like split them all and just be like you know, be kind of even or whatever um yeah i for me this is sort of like usc's played a bunch of teams that were they were better than every single one of usc spreads were them favored by at least three touchdowns and they only covered two of the six um if i'm not mistaken um by the way arizona is very good at covering the spread so you should like your pick there i think they're five and one or something like that Mm -hmm. um yeah, USC's not been good with this one. And I feel like this is sort of where the rubber meets the road. Are you playing down to the competition? Um, the coaching staff continues to talk about how they've, they're they better on defense. They've made a lot of strides. And, you know, the the media, the fans, nobody seems to. They're not on the same page when it comes to that. Um, but I'm going to give Lincoln Riley the benefit of the doubt here. And, okay, you're playing a real team. It's on the road. Do you come out and wait? And I think the good thing is they're actually getting points. So I feel like instead of having USC to cover some huge spread, which I've if I was betting you, I bet USC. I don't know. I think I didn't bet them to cover against Stanford, but I bet them a lot of the other times, and they usually weren't. And uh, I've been really bad at picking USC. Yes, yeah. So far, really bad this year. Mm-hmm. Like the worst team, the team that I cover was the worst team I've picked for the spreads. But they've all been massive spreads, and you're just like, oh, it, you know, they're covering it or not. Some of them were just like, it wasn't even close. Like, the Arizona game, like, no. Um, so you feel like all you got to do is go on the road and win. They have the best player in the game mm. who didn't throw the ball that well last week but mm. still figures out a way to win.
1: Against um, the 86th ranked, ranked
0: defense in the right. SP+. Right. Uh, when you're like, it doesn't really matter about that mm. stuff. Mm. Notre Dame, their last three games were Ohio State, Duke, who was ranked Louisville, who's ranked and they got pummeled last week. Mm. This is their fourth in a row. Mm-hmm. You can get up for this one. The body blow theory I think comes into play. So I'm mm-hmm. going to take uh USC plus three points. I get to get points with USC. Like can, I don't get it. Can I give time. you a
1: little data point? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Arizona was the best team that USC played in the first six games. Right. The SP plus they're right. 39th, right? They would be, the sixth worst team among the next
0: six that USC has to play. Right? No, they're going to play. A, but this is the first of those. Like mm-hmm. you could, you could say the same thing when USC plays like at Oregon. I'd be like, oh yeah, they've just played. Bop, 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 boom.
1: They have to play five teams ranked in the SP Plus top twenty five right. over the final season. But six this games. is
0: the first one. There's mm-hmm. not there's like there's no hangover effect. Right, right. Those.
1: But there is a hangover effect from almost losing to Arizona and right. probably you should have lost to Arizona at home. No, they should have And lost. I don't think it's a Arizona hangover. Outplayed USC. But, but here's the thing. I don't think there's a hangover effect. I think there's a our defense is dog shit and it's not getting any better effect.
0: They really don't think their defense is dog shit.
1: And, I I heard Lincoln and Riley. And Notre Dame say is that. not very good. I heard Lincoln Riley say that this week and um I, I, I know I've said this a couple times but uh I have never ever ever heard a second year head coach with a 17 and a three record uh sounding that embattled it's crazy right.
0: no i I see your point there well we'll uh, see we'll see what happens if they, um, this is where it's real though They're, when you take oh you didn't play good enough there's one thing to say you didn't play good enough against bad teams there's one thing you didn't play good enough against the your your peers your good teams the teams that are ranked like you are. If they play poorly there, then it's like uh, this will change my opinion on uh, USC and stuff going forward. This one, I don't think Notre Dame's that good. Notre Dame isn't that
1: good. They are good though. Like yeah. they're they're they they're, they're better than Arizona. If
0: I'm getting p- points with Caleb Williams, I'm going to take the points. He's still there. He's still the best. Mm-hmm. So I'll go with that. Uh, USC's note. Is uh, they've won their first game ever that went to triple overtime. They were zero and three in triple overtime games, so they won close ones. Um, and then I think they didn't have really any other uh, blah blah blah. Yeah. So okay. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, he Caleb Williams was really good last year against Notre Dame. He th- completed eighty one percent of his passes. So um, all right. So we have that one, and then we have one more. Right. We have
1: ucla bruins
0: on the road taking on
1: oregon state beavers 5 p.m on big fox the nightcap Mm. starting two and a half hours before it usually does number 18 ucla at number 15 oregon state oregon state is as of right now a three and a half point favorite that line has moved i think it was it opened at like four and a half five went to five and a half down to three and a half now um i think that speaks to just this one kind of being a a tough game to gauge uh so um ucla after washington state i think we can all agree has a certifiably very very good defense um the offense not so much um Oregon state is the still reigning champ for like kind of most balanced, uh, team in the pac 12. They're pretty much even on both sides of the ball. Um, the, and the offense itself is extremely balanced. Like they're, they're good at running, pretty good at passing. Uh, and then defensively, they're not quite as good as we thought they'd be preseason, but they're, they're fine. Like they're, they're, they're decent. Um, They've had some struggles, though. Um, you know, they obviously uh, lost to Wazoo. Yep. Uh, they didn't play great against San Diego State, beating them twenty-six to nine at home. Uh, the offense kind of sputtered a little bit against Utah. Everyone does, um, and then the defense got very, very leaky last week against Cal. Um, and the, the the problem for me with Oregon State is that their defense is getting leaky in different ways. Washington State was basically able to air raid them. And then Cal was able to run it down on them. Um, and it's just it's hard to uh gauge exactly where that defense is because uh the best offense they've played is Washington State, which is pretty one-dimensional. Um it's a very, very passing, very, very good, but very, very passing heavy offense. So how good is Oregon State's defense? Well, does it matter? Oregon UCLA's offense is not good right now. Um, and you know, maybe they'll be able to score some points, but Really, it comes down to, for me, this matchup is, and this is sort of the same logic with the Oregon-Washington game for me, is that Oregon State's been very good at protecting the passer, except in one game this year. Who was it against? Mm, Utah. Utah, okay. Uh, They gave up a whole bunch of sacks, and they gave up 13 tackles for loss. What's the defense that's most like Utah this year in the Pac-12? UCLA's? UCLA's. So I think there's going to be the same sort of stuttering that happens with the Oregon State offense that was in that game. And I do think UCLA's offense, even as it is presently constituted, is better than Utah's was. So I think it's going to be a much closer, much more competitive game. And because of that, three and a half points, that's too many. I'm taking UCLA.
0: What a homer pick. Holy know, crap. Uh, do you know where this game is being played?
1: Uh, is it in a neutral site? No. Las Vegas? No. Uh, San Diego? Mm.
0: Try again. Uh, is it a bowl game? It's sort of like Eugene.
1: Oh, they're playing it at Oregon.
0: That's mm, interesting. Yeah, but oh, it's not. Oh, you mean a little bit further down the Core road, Vegas. Interesting. Where Pac twelve teams go to die. That is true. Like literally, to, like sometimes they don't come back. Yep, <sighs> it's an abyss. It's very difficult to win. Uh, in the Southern Palouse, in the Corvallis, yeah, I would say uh, three and a half is a little. You know, I feel much better with three. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I bet this one, maybe uh, I'll uh, add the hook to it. You know, and and bet it down. You know, buy it down to three. But on our show, you don't care about that, and you're just like, whatever. I'm going to take them. I'm going to take them. The Beavs at home. Do you know how many touchdown passes DJU had in the last game? I don't even we really mentioned this in our Five. recap five baby mm-hmm. you were just just all over him how terrible he was five mm-hmm. touchdowns mm-hmm. and that Cal offense I mean they would give a, they, you know there was a lot of they gave up 40 points to Cal but Washington gave up 500 yards to Cal like Cal's pretty good yep. except when I pick them then they're, they're bad um, but yeah Oregon State covered on the road against Cal uh, I like them to cover at home against UCLA. This is a perfect situation where Washington State comes down. UCLA is on a high note. I think you might have even texted me this. They're going to go on the road and just get trucked by uh, the Beeves. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I think, I think UCLA is going to win like 10 games this year, but this is one of their
1: you think they're going to win ten games this year? So you think they lose this one and then sweep out the rest of the games?
0: Uh, potentially.
1: You think they're going to beat USC? Is what you're saying right Maybe now? Maybe
0: not. But no, they could win
1: their bowl game. It would be ten. Interesting.
0: Yeah.
1: Ryan, uh, today on the podcast of Champions, predicted that UCLA is going to beat USC on no. A great I said game. they could win their wow. bowl game. That's a shocking statement. Uh, sorry, USC fans. That is uh, that's it for your season. I
0: would say the Bruins are going to get their asses beat by the beeves Um another animal that david could not defeat trevor
1: says uh you saw his offense is number 25 what do you mean not good so the number 23 in the sp plus uh that is still carrying over a lot of preseason projections when i'm saying not good i mean it's not chip kelly offense level um and it's uh it's much more explosive than efficient like their success rates are bad um this is the least successful offense he's had at UCLA, I think, after that first year, their their success rate is a hundredth. Um, so success rate is you know your uh, how often you get um, at least five yards on first down, at least seventy percent of the remaining yardage on second down, and hundred percent of the remaining yardage on third down. They're not doing that. They're not putting together drives very well. What they're doing is hitting big plays downfield. Those are uh, not random exactly, but they're a little less predictive of what whether an offense is good um and rushing success rate not very good passing success rate is very bad so they have a lot of work to do Um, the offensive line has some issues um so take the like uh i don't know what you're looking at for number 25 take like if it's total yardage or whatever take that with a grain of salt um because it's the, the underlying data is not very good and it's the, the predictive factors are not very good for UCLA's offense so far this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, UCLA's got a freshman quarterback. And I, I don't think Chip Kelly's record in the state of Oregon is all that good, right? No, I no, remember. no. Certainly not. It's probably uh, bad. I assume, yeah, assume yeah. it's not good there. Yeah. Um, um. <laughs> he's, he's rough in, in the state of Oregon. He struggles with the mist. <laughs> All right. Well, those are all the Week Seven uh, games. It should be a lot of fun. So hopefully you guys can get out and uh,
1: yeah. The and watch. only thing I don't like is that there isn't a night game. Like a we lot could have of these, are, a yeah, bit, a lot right. of these are really packed in. Like, why is that Arizona at uh, Wazoo game at four p.m.? Throw that one on seven thirty, Pac-12 Network. What the hell?
0: Yeah. Uh, Eric says Corvallis is north of Eugene, and it's not like it. Yes, we we know it's not like it. There was there was a little. It's a little joke. It's a little bit there. Boy, Um, howdy. People are, well, especially Ducks and Husky fans right now, a little sensitive going into this one. It's just like, it's such a big game, right? And all your trash talk through the whole season, the preseason and all this stuff, what do you say if you're a Duck fan and you go in and and Washington beats you? Or what do you say if you're a Husky fan? and Yeah. It's like, I I feel like there's, it, I don't know we, we have that circle right right now with like Utah beating UCLA mm-hmm. UCLA beating Washington State Washington State beating Oregon State Oregon State beating Utah there could be one at the you know with the top two where you have you know Oregon Washington USC like there could be a bunch of beatings and stuff going on there too so um, that'll be kind of fun but this is the, the first domino to fall like this what's going to happen uh, in this one and then UCLA there are people they're talking about hey but UCLA could be a, a sleeper playoff team so you but to do that, you got to go on the road and get a win with your freshman quarterback. It didn't go very well at Utah, so Dante Moore's got more seasoning, so he's got to go try to to win in a really tough place. But if UCLA gets a win in Corvallis, that's like boom that the schedule gets easier, right? And then you set up with USC at the end. So why couldn't UCLA be a dark horse uh, playoff contender? There's just with all these teams that are doing really well, undefeated or one loss, we just haven't had that in the Pac-12 in a long time that there's potential. It's not just like, well, what if this one team wins out and they can make it? Like there's a lot of teams. If they get hot and they play great the second half of the season, there's no reason they can't be in it. So, uh, and UCLA is one of those teams. So it's, it's, this is so much better than what we've had to cover at this point of the season where by week three, you're like, there's no more playoff contenders. Like, we have multiple playoff contenders in the Pac-12, so it's so much—it's so much cooler.
1: Yeah, I mean, think about it. It's Oregon, Washington. I mean, even Washington State is still in it. Um, Oregon State, uh, UCLA, USC, Utah—seven friggin' teams. Yeah,
0: right. With it one loss, right? Yeah, um, or, no, or less.
1: Yeah, so um, it's what we said preseason, right? Uh, this is going to be. Uh, incredible year for the pac-12 in its final year of existence and it's playing out that way now uh we could be three weeks from now and everyone's eliminated like it could 100 percent happen because that's the pac-12's way uh but as of now it's playing out where um you know you might get to the end of the year and so say whatever say washington beats oregon or oregon beats washington this weekend and then they sweep out and then we get a rematch of those two teams and the reverse happens how are you going to tell anyone
0: that those two teams shouldn't be in the playoff? Yeah, the problem is the Big 12 is going to have – like it's probably going to be Oklahoma and Texas and like a undefeated or one lost team from there. Um, the ACC is probably going to have a playoff team this year. Yeah, the Big 10, you know, yeah. for sure. So it's like there's not spots. Yeah. Like it's more – I think the championship is more open, but there's not like – open spots where like the big 12 before was sort of like everyone was like you know well tcu got through but this year it looks like blue bloody you know and like okay well you're not gonna leave out texas or oklahoma they're probably gonna beat the rest of those teams um so there's not gonna like well, i think you're, you're fighting for
1: a spot you're getting into the usc thinking again because sark is a former uh trojan uh they've definitely got another loss in
0: them texas could so but-
1: texas right now is five and one um, right they beat alabama yeah 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 yeah. alabama was like a broken, on the road alabama was a broken ass team at that point they've gotten better since then uh then they lost oklahoma last week um but like their slate remaining they got to go at tcu which uh despite what colorado did to them is fine uh they got other losses in them, man this is this is uh, this is a steve sarkeesian coach team
0: I'm not sure if you're remembering. Right, that. right, but I mean, Oklahoma's looked really good. Like, I feel yeah, like Oklahoma's gonna... more the problem. Um, but like, if there's if there's a rematch, and you know that it's going to be a, a good resume booster, I think for so I think it's going to be tough to get two in. But I feel like Oregon Washington could the loser of this game could still make it. Like yep. that's I think that's certainly still possible. You'd have to go back and win uh, the Pac-12 championship game. You don't want Cal to go into Utah and win. You don't want Arizona to go to the Palouse. And win. Um, that doesn't know. really matter as much. It, well, I mean, you're knocking out, you're talking about seven, like, okay, there's less. And then. Yeah, I was talking about Washington State's not making the playoffs. But I think the Apple Cup would be, you know, if like Washington's trying to get in and the Apple Cup is really good. And Washington State, you know, has won most of their games. As opposed to if their Washington State's coming in, you know, seven and four, uh, something like that.
1: I guess. I mean, but they'll still have the win over the Arizona team that would have beaten Washington State this True. weekend. So I don't. I don't think that stuff matters as much because I think the strength of the Pac-12 was built already. Like the strength of the Pac-12 was already created with the non-conference performance. Now it's – Right. Now it's, okay, can your elite teams, the acknowledged elite teams, which I think at this point are Oregon and Washington. And then, you know, there's a tier below that that includes a lot of teams. But Oregon and Washington, can they emerge relatively unscathed?
0: Yeah. And it and that's another big – the the out-of-conference Slate was why the Pac 12 is strong this year. And here, you know, if USC beats Notre Dame, that helps Oregon, helps Washington, because you're going to play USC. You'd rather beat a USC that beat Notre Dame than one that didn't, you know? So uh, it's kind of, you know, and plus the huge one at the end of the year when Stanford and Notre Dame play, like that's going to have a huge impact on. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But um, it will. No, but it, it does, absolutely like, will. Like if you're Oregon, you'd rather USC beat Notre Dame because you'd want to beat them in Austin and you'd rather have them be undefeated or whatever, uh, kind of going into this. So, um, yeah, so it should be, this is a great weekend. uh, A lot of fun, really looking forward to it. So why don't we take a quick break, come back and answer some questions back in a minute. All righty, we're back here on the little thing we call the uh, POC. Um, what's up, David? How was your break? It was
1: great. Uh, I had a nice time. I went to Hawaii. Oh, very yeah. nice. Um, and it was lovely.
0: Uh, we picked how many games do we have this week? One, two, three, six. And uh, we have five of them we picked differently. Hmm. That we, was a bold we both choice. Took Stanford, Stanford on the road. Should I just switch that one to Colorado and pick them all different? Would that be fun?
1: We did not take. I did not take Stanford. Oh, I wrote. Did I write the wrong thing? Yeah, I wrote. We, I, yeah. I picked. Okay, now I gotta check your work. Okay, Colorado. Yeah, Colorado. I got Utah. I had Oregon. I had Arizona. I had Notre Dame and I had
0: UCLA. Kay. Okay. Okay. Uh, you gotta check my work because you don't do work. So why would? They do that? So you're taking Colorado now? Yeah. No, I, we both did. Mm. No, we. That's the only one we agreed on. Correct. But should I switch it to Stanford? Is what the, you should. The question is, do it. Yeah, I'll just stick with that one. So we'll have five. Uh, so that's the only one that's going to be wrong for me.
1: <laughs> um, you're, you're gonna go one and five. That'll be great. Yeah. Uh, all right. Questions. Questions. Uh, this is from Fred in Sarasota. Mm-hmm. Deja vu all over again. Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame looks a lot like Clay Helton at USC. A guy with no head coaching experience who is already there gets promoted to the top job and does not do well. USC should beat the Irish.
0: Um, I would disagree with the premise. Uh, Marcus Freeman is a fine-looking gentleman. He's uh, but different, right? He was was that an attraction comment? He's a very attractive man. Is that okay? Is that my I allowed to say? I that? mean, if we're
1: talking about that, can we talk about Sam Hartman?
0: That that's a like as far as like. Come on, duos. Like yeah, coach and quarterback. That's yeah, no, good looking. He would be up there, um, for sure. <laughs> I would. So, but it's a situation that, like, was it three years ago? He was the defensive coordinator at Cincinnati. Like, mm. he was a Group of Five defensive coordinator, and now he's in year two of being the head coach at one of the most prestigious universities, uh, football programs in the country. Mm-hmm. Most tradition, all that kind of stuff. It was, there was the wacky season, right, where we've not seen blue blood coach leave for blue blood job. Lincoln Riley did, and then Brian Kelly did, mm-hmm. and so Notre Dame was kind of like, well, do we take a while to pick, or do we take our popular, off I mean, a defensive coordinator? I think their offensive coordinator hire uh, was, you know, Tommy Reese left for Alabama. I forget the name of the guy, but just has not you know, whatever. I mean, Sam Hartman's great, but he's not looked great the last few weeks. It's tough. I mean, you, it takes a while to kind of like, you've, you've not done this before. I think there's going to be, when you hire someone like that, that wasn't even a power five defensive coordinator all that long. Now he's your head coach. I think you have to give him some time. Um, I know some fans wanted them to switch offensive coordinators, but like. I don't know. Do you want to go three and three years? I think that's gonna to be tough. It I think the expectations were really high once Notre Dame got um a great quarterback. But it's been a little shaky. This is a huge for if you're a Notre Dame fan, if you're Notre whatever, what's gonna happen with Marcus Freeman? I think this is a huge uh week for them. Uh you try you gotta try to get a win against USC uh at home. If not, and this is a five and three team. Then it's going to be like a lot, a lot of questions. Like everyone thought this was a potential like fringe playoff team. And now you're like five and three um, could have lost to Duke, you know, uh, probably should have beat Ohio state, but like you didn't win those games. Uh, last year was the bad games, right? Like they lost to Stanford. They lost to Marshall this year. I mean, it's a, it's a tough stretch here and you still got Clemson coming up. So I don't know. Um, I, I feel like you got to give him more time. He's, and he was good at his job. Like, Clay Helton wasn't a – like, he wasn't known as a great offensive coordinator. He was just sort of at the right place at the right time. That was more about dysfunction. This was more about um, – it was like sudden change, right? Brian Kelly leaves. You're not expecting like Hole. Um, But he's he was a really good defensive coordinator. So at least you have that to fall back on. Like, I don't mind the assistant coaching hires when they're really good at whatever they're doing not like why'd you hire kenny dillingham because he's got a great offense mm-hmm. they don't have him run the offense for a while like well what are you doing like that was the whole point right um i don't know was that too long on that
1: no uh and uh, i mean i would just add uh kind of echoing that point it's way too early to know if it's a clay helton situation i strongly doubt it actually but so. um clay helton i mean uh, okay earmuffs to the people who <laughs> like me trolling about it he He was a dunderhead who shouldn't ever have been hired. Uh, Marcus Freeman is clearly a guy with talent. I mean, you don't stay the defensive coordinator at Cincinnati under Luke Fickle unless you're good. Uh, And then he was hired at Notre Dame for a reason as their defensive coordinator in that last year, Brian Kelly. And then uh, he got the top job and he's done. So here's the thing. And I think the best perspective on Notre Dame, however you feel about how they've performed so far this year, they lost by three to Ohio State in a game they probably should have won. Like yep. If you watch that game, they probably should have won it. Uh, and then they lost at Louisville. Louisville's a really good team. They're undefeated right now. Um, they beat a then-undefeated Duke. Uh, that's a real win. Uh, they went at NC State, which is not an easy thing to do, even when NC State isn't great, and they beat them bad. I mean, it was like 42-24. So all that. Um, they I held it up, right? They they oh, like Louisville
0: play. had like the big NIL thing going. Yeah,
1: on. Louisville was going hard with that. Um, but the main thing is they've they've actually improved a ton from last year. Last year they went nine and four, but there was some real leakiness in that nine and four. They lost to Marshall. They lost to Stanford. Uh, you can't do those two things. Um, yeah. but that's kind of rookie head coach stuff. You sometimes lose games like that. But even with that, they won some games that were like, oh wow, they won that game. Like they beat Clemson, beat them bad. They uh they beat South Carolina in the bowl game. So. Um, the way I would look at it is, uh, they've improved a lot this year. They might, they're definitely not a playoff team. They're already eliminated from that, but, um, they still have the potential. I think right now the SP Plus has them going probably something similar to last year, like eight and four, nine and three. Nine and three is what they're favored to do right now. After USC, it's, uh, basically at Clemson is the last one where they're going to have some trouble. Uh, but Pitt, Wake Forest, and Stanford, um, You know, they should be able to uh, skate through that stuff. So at worst, they're looking at 8-4. and Um, And that's if they lose both of these USC and Clemson games, which I have as more or less coin flips.
0: Okay. Yeah, Kyle says, we we say ND should have won versus Ohio State. Uh, Could easily say that they should have lost to Duke. And I think that's... um I think that's fair. All right. We had a question on
1: their uh, postgame winning expectancy against Duke was exactly the scoring margin. They were 81% favorites to win.
0: Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, Chad in the YouTube chat says, uh, he has a question for, Oh wait, no, we don't want to do this stuff. Okay. Never mind. I was like, <laughs> we're not going there. I put it on the screen though. So we're like, uh, yeah, sorry. Um, we did have a question from Amy I'll pull that up. Uh, look at it. Uh, why is the offensive coach not on the sidelines like the head coach and defensive coach? Why are they always up in the booth? Mm. So that depends. It's not always just... So sometimes you have... It's a, a view. You get a better view um, of what's going on. If you ever watch a game from the sidelines, it's really hard to see what's going on. Like, if it's over there, it could be, oh, that was a tackle for a loss or a 10-yard game. And sometimes you can't tell. But from up top, you can kind of see more like the whole board, right? You can see chess pieces and stuff. So a lot of times if you're not, if you're calling plays on the sideline, like if you're the head coach, you're on the sideline. But other times you see offensive coordinators, NFL, all the offensive coordinators are up in the booth. Like they're, they're making their calls down there. They're on headsets, calling it down. The play gets relayed in, but it's just more about the view. You get a good view of like, sort of what the whole field is doing. Where's the defense going? And what are they, you know, how are they lining up and all that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah. And uh, I think there were, Chip Kelly calls all the offensive plays. He does it from the sideline. Um, And he says, you know, there's a disadvantage of obviously what you just said. You don't have as much perspective, but you do been doing it a long time. You do get better at kind of, you know, seeing what's going on, even if you can't really see it that clearly. Um, You get a better feel for like, okay, that's what that looks like from this angle. So I get it. Um, and he said there's an advantage in that you get to talk to your quarterback, you get to talk to your offensive yes. line, you get to talk to them on the sideline in a way that's harder to do if you're up in the booth, like you can only get on the phone and all that kind of stuff. Um, I generally prefer to see the coordinators in the booth. Um, I think all that like happy crappy about talking to your team is, um, you know, sure, light advantage, but the massive advantage of being able to actually see the whole field feels like it's... um Something you should have when you're calling plays.
0: Yeah. Um, we had another one from uh, Drag Race, Racing Duelist. Uh, if at season's end and all things are equal, when you compare Pac 12 teams against uh, Power Five champion uh, Y for the final, so Pac 12 team X against Power Five champ Y for the final playoff spot, will the college football playoff leave out the Pac 12 school? uh out just for pr reasons no i think for, the opposite i think it's the last the people feel bad it's the last year and they're willing to give the pac-12 the benefit of the doubt
1: i think even beyond that um uh, again i've made this point a lot over the years and this would be the last year i get to make it um the pac-12's issue with making the playoff had nothing to do with any conspiracy against the pac-12 it had to do with pac-12 not having good enough teams to make the playoff this year there are good enough teams to make the playoff And if, by chance, Washington loses to Wazoo, Oregon loses to Oregon State, and they drop other games, then they weren't good enough to do it. Right now, they look good enough to do it. If they can continue on undefeated or with one loss, they will make the playoff.
0: So that's why you really wanted to see the playoff expanded, Mm -hmm. right? That was your Mm -hmm. your thought process. You said there's Mm -hmm. two solutions to this. One, expand the playoffs. Two, dissolve the conference. You got both. You got you both of them. I got everything I
1: wanted, <laughs> and it tastes like ashes in my mouth. <laughs> All right. Oh, we have emails too what, what's the All next right, one? All right. Next up we've got Robert. Oh Jesus. Uh, Robin Seattle. Go Dogs. A response to the Oregon fan from the Tuesday podcast. Dear Oregon fan who tried to take shots at Washington's football history. Cool that you did a deep dive on our school's history. I never thought to take a look at Oregon's because I'm pretty sure there is none. (laughs) A quick decision to not Google it to confirm my assumption confirms my assumption. Kudos on the last 20 years of consistent regular season success. Tip of the cap on the 12-game winning streak. That sucked. I've got nothing on the 0-12 season. That sucked. I was a freshman in the stands in Pullman at the Crapple Cup where it took a low-scoring double overtime game to decide who the worst team in the country was. That was kind of funny. Ripping off a meme that I send to my Oregon friends once a year when they decide it's time to start talking shit, here's what I know about our two programs' histories. All-time series wins? Washington. All-time win percentage? Washington. National championships? Washington. Conference championships? Washington. Bowl games? Washington. Wins all-time? Washington. Bowl record? Washington. Heisman winners? Oregon. Consensus All-Americans? Washington. NFL draft picks? Washington. First-round NFL draft picks? Washington. Washington. Total weeks in the AP poll, Washington. Weeks at AP poll number one, Washington. What's that? Stop living in the past, you say? All good. How about that most recent matchup when the uh, Huskies strolled into Autzen last year and Phoenix rained balls all over your giant ye- vomit yellow zero? You know, the game two weeks before Oregon State also beat that ass? I like the state of Oregon. I even like the city of Portland. Sigh. if only you were in Portland and not Eugene, the place Big Ten schools reportedly really didn't want to have to travel to during the expansion negotiations. Portland is a great place to visit for an excellent meal before going to a sex-positive strip club with a mixed-gendered group of hyper-progressive friends. (laughs) But by nearly every measurable and meaningful statistic, Oregon is the most pointless state on the West Coast. Oregon, a state founded in part by Southern sympathizers who decided to legally forbid black people from settling in their state, it's been mostly downhill since 1859. Now, if you want to hear some real bullshit about Washington National Championships, look up the 1984-85 season in which UW finished number two in both the AP and Coaches poll. Despite going 11 and 1 and beating number 3 Michigan and eventually number Oka- number 2 Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl, the Lone Loss was to 14th ranked USC. The national championship was awarded to a 13 and 0 BYU team who played a bunch of tight games against 1980s whack teams. There's your history lesson for the day. Anyway, eat shit, my dear Oregon fan. If you attend the game, I hope you enjoy watching your team lose in our bigger, nicer city at our bigger, nicer stadium at our bigger, nicer school and campus with love and respect and just a whisper of pity rob in seattle go dogs whoa wow that w-
0: we should like clip that i think wow uh that w- <laughs> was a little so when he was going down those stats it seemed pretty even right it was that i didn't pay attention to the whole thing <laughs> i heard both sides being called so that about it's about split down the yeah middle, that,
1: very what... much very much an even 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 exchange there okay yeah uh, w- way to bring
0: it rob uh, that's good um wow Let's see. We do, Okay, we don't do that. Uh, do we do the text message? Yeah. Um, so, hey, guys. This is a text message. Uh, Dylan in Maine. Since Dave thinks a good chunk of the Pac-12 coaches are stupid, a mid-season coach power rankings would be great. Ooh. Okay, I like that. All right. Um, is it going to be based on, like, team? or is it stupidity? Or, like, what's the...
1: Well, okay. Let's let's just yeah, base it off criteria? of let's just base it off of like quality of coach because I think that that generally goes in with stupidity, right? Okay, you think so?
0: I think we could do it.
1: Okay, uh, I, I think you got to start with the goat, Kalen DeBoer, up he, the top. What? Yeah, Kalen DeBoer, the goat. He's the best in the league, right? Oh, no question about it. No, not even a competition, no. right? I mean, mm. I wouldn't pick him
0: first. Who would you pick first? I would pick Lincoln Riley first. Wow. Wow.
1: Yeah. Okay. Kalen DeBoer first. You okay. can have Lincoln Riley second. Uh, Kyle Whittingham third? Kyle Whittingham, yeah. Uh, Then we're going, I think you got to go, you could be bold, go Deion Sanders fourth. I think I'm going to go with Jonathan Smith fourth.
0: Um. I mean, are we. so what about like past, ex, like, is Chip Kelly gonna be there? Because like I will not allow it.
1: Well, and if nominated, I will uh, jump off the show. Okay,
0: but I'm saying like, but he's got his resume is way better. Mm.
1: But he's not good right now. Like he's fine. It's been okay the last few years, but it's not like it's
0: okay. It's so great. you're like, it's more. It's not like what it's. What have you done for me lately? Then
1: it's like, what have you done for me? Um, and you know, he you went get,
0: to a playoff and yeah, like a he decade was like, ago. But what, but he did that. Right. But he's not. But like Kalen DeBoer it. hasn't done anything like that. Kalen DeBoer was
1: coaching at like Sioux Falls for most of this. Right.
0: Well, that's why I'm saying. And he like.
1: had like three losses in his entire time there. He's very good. Okay. Come on. Project a little. All right. Um, all right so you got those. Uh, then I'm going to throw like. A, all right. So let's say Dion is after Jonathan Smith. Then you can throw Chip Kelly in there. That's fine. Okay. Um, Dan Lanning is somewhere in there in that middle portion i like him i think you could raise him up uh but
0: it's tough there's just hasn't done
1: much i, I think the the idiots are like you know you're talking your jed fish you're talking to justin wilcox um you know david shaw's not in here anymore sadly uh but like those <laughs> are
0: the, troy taylor's sort of like he's got to be more in the middle like we don't yeah
1: we, we just don't know jake dicker we just really don't know a whole jake, lot Dickert could be higher he's yeah. done pretty good um honestly on an idiocy scale lincoln riley's up there Continuing to employ Alex Grinch is one of the dumber things
0: he could be doing with his time. Like, I mean, I think it's a fair argument, but he's like won four conference championships. Like He's got a, a really good offense. He's been a head coach for like seven years, and he's got three Heisman Trophy winners and four conference championships. Do you know how
1: many points they've given up in conference play this year? Like
0: a lot, probably, yeah. Yeah. But he's also done a lot of shit like in a very short amount of time. This isn't like ancient history. Like what so, shit? Four conference championships, three Heisman trophies, two college playoff appearances. He had like,
1: three Heisman trophy winners? That's amazing. How many national championships did he win with all those great players? He did. <laughs> That's amazing.
0: That's one player a year.
1: Wow. And a, and a second-place finisher. The I'm offensive saying, production must but, have been insane. Have they had the number one offense in the country like every year he's been a coach? It's been pretty close. God, so the defense would only have to be a little bit better. Like, they would only have to be, like, top 40, and he'd be winning championship left and right, right? Probably, yeah. So these defenses, have they been really good? No, they've not. Has has he? Okay, well, okay. So sometimes that happens. You inherit a bad defensive staff. Did, has he? Has he
0: hired really well there? So uh, this is funny. Like, has he maintained you a? Real... You want to say, okay, he hasn't won a national championship. He's done more than any other coach in the Pac-12. So uh-huh. that's why you take him first. Like he's still done more than any of them.
1: Okay, does he have a? Except like,
0: Chip Kelly, you could but, argue, but you don't like. You certainly, he doesn't
1: him have there. a potential fatal flaw. Like I don't know loyalty <laughs> to a horrible defensive coordinator <laughs> who's never going to win a national championship with him.
0: Oh, uh, we'll see. I I love that. It's like it goes for. I'm like, well. I really like uh, – Again, these were stupi- these were stupidity rankings to an extent. Okay.
1: Um, so from a stupidity standpoint, he's definitely middle of the pack at best because good God, how do you maintain Alex Grinch as your defensive coordinator when he has lost you any opportunity to actually win at the highest, highest level? Okay. Right? Because Oklahoma and USC – I don't know if you know this. Historically, not poverty programs. Like they're programs who consistently compete for national championships and if you, as the head coach of those programs, install something that inherently will prevent you from doing that, that's very stupid, right? Fair, sure. So like Alex Grinch, that's stupid to employ him. Um, now, for for the rest of these, like Kalen DeBoer, we don't know because he's coached at Sioux Falls, Fresno State, in Washington, what he's going to do when he actually gets to that level. I think this weekend'll be interesting data. For sure. Do they beat that ass? If they beat that ass, I think woo, okay, he's just a winner. He's just going to continue to win. Um and if they don't, you know, it'll be okay. Well, they still have some work to do. But we don't have like he is not limiting their potential simply by a decision he is making. Lincoln Riley is. Like he's he's
0: limited USC's potential with this like transformative figure at quarterback. I mean, they're 17 and 3. Yeah, I like what Kayla the Boar's done because he took a four and eight team and won eleven games. Yeah, he took a bad team and in Power Five and turned them around. Right, um, but Riley did the exact same thing. Mm. Exact same four and eight to yeah. eleven wins, like literally the exact same thing. Mm. I wouldn't say exact same.
1: Pretty darn close. So uh, Washington mostly inherited like a ton of the roster. I mean, Lincoln Rally came in and like brought in an entire like transfer class that immediately elevated the talent level to like an 11-win program. Well,
0: that's what a good coach does.
1: Sure. Okay.
0: <laughs> like that's the whole point. Is like But that. who else did he like, bring? Like what does Chip but, Kelly do? But talent al- acquisition. But hang on, <laughs> but hang on.
1: Who else did he bring over with him? He over Alex Grinch. Yeah. And had Alex Grinch had a ton of success at Oklahoma as their defensive coordinator? I don't know I didn't, Like was he I, super I popular Among your, uh, Oklahoma fans Did they like him a lot I don't think they did No Did you get the sense That like Oklahoma's defenses Were like really strong And improving throughout They his really time? didn't
0: like much Especially when he left There yeah, was a lot of, bitter, feeling. lot of bitter feelings There was a lot of bitter feelings
1: But Oklahoma's good now They are And do you know why Well, They're playing good defense I think. Oh boy howdy are they Yeah They uh, they have a good defense And, but, uh, and Former here's UCLA cool-
0: quarterback Dylan Gabriel's doing really
1: well, well too And here's the interesting thing So they hired a defensive head coach Right so they're top 25 now in defense of SB and Plus. What how's their offense? Is it, it top five in the country? It,
0: you know, they have former UCLA quarterback there, Dylan Gabriel. Damn. Interesting. How how did how, what was his stats at UCLA? I don't uh, know.
1: he but. was he was great. Elite. <laughs> um yeah, aside from the COVID shortened year, uh, Lincoln Riley's defenses at Oklahoma were all ass. Just yeah.
0: ass. And made two playoffs and won four conference championships. Yeah, well. So I'm just saying there's some accomplishments there. Not an addy. Uh, (laughs) you want to compare that to any other Pac-12 coach and say who's what a natty no one's made a damn playoff in the Pac-12 which is crazy but this year someone's going to make the playoff Mm. so who would be your dumbest
1: Uh, dumbest has got to be Jed Fish right now you think so no question about it Um, and this is uh, you know Justin Wilcox is up there obviously a very stupid person Um, well we need to offense we need to have one. Oh no uh like bill musgrave how'd you do that what the hell's wrong with you
0: he was almost a duck's head coach. you got shit for brains
1: like do you have like actual shit gonna almost hired him good god uh jed fish you know it's hard to blame him for his stupidity as we said uh during the show on tuesday he had a piano dropped on his head
0: so mm um it's hard
1: not to lose some brain cells when that happens
0: cam said uh hang dylan gabriel's jersey in the ucla rafters
1: (laughs) yeah uh, eric makes a good point dumbest is mario even though he left yes mario cristobal was definitely uh among the stupidest head coaches i've ever experienced down to like their offensive style was no we're just gonna run the ball forward we're gonna (laughs) slam it into the line and uh because we have a lot of talent we're gonna get four or five yards a clip but like taking um, CJ uh, Verdell and uh, and it was I mean, it was beautiful what they did with CJ Verdell because uh, I, I believe he was legally blind, um, judging by how often he ran into uh, the backside of his offensive lineman uh, and doing what they did and then not playing die enough to the point where he decided to transfer away uh, for his final year of college. That was that was good stuff because die was always and forever the better running back in that group. Always? I felt so too, yeah. 100% of the time, and yet he was uh, inevitably playing behind C.J. Burdell.
0: So, so, so Miami is mm. that they do that. They lose to Georgia Tech, where they should not have lost. I mean, they already beat Texas A&M this year. Like, they got a good win. Yeah. And the very next day, like, a very highly ranked receiver who, like, decommitted from <laughs> Georgia, like, the def- two-time defending national champion picked Miami. Like, mm-hmm. he saw that and said, I'm going to go to Miami. Yeah. Like, how freaking awesome is that yeah
1: that was awesome uh, all right what's next uh we've got
0: we've got another question is it challenge accepted or?
1: this is the text message hi brett and alejandro this is alan in st louis last year usc was six and zero to start the season and everyone thought they looked quote okay against a bunch of cupcakes fast forward to the end of the year and it turned out that fresno state and oregon state were actually pretty damn good this year, USC is 6-0 and again, and it feels like a similar script. Personally, I think we're going to look back at this season and realize that Arizona State, Colorado, and Arizona were actually pretty decent, and if anything, Notre Dame and Utah were overhyped. I guess my point is, USC's schedule to date hasn't been as soft as people think, but they're not exactly facing a murderer's row to end the season either. Anyway, curious to get your thoughts. Thanks for doing an okay job at this podcasting things. I'm sure you guys will get the hang of it someday. This is a very nice email from Alan in St. Louis. So I feel I feel horrible about what I'm about to say. Okay, but this is uh, pre-coping. This is pre-grieving. This is oh. one of the stages of grief. It's a it's a stage that happens before the other ones where you are um you're 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 trying to start to accept what's about to happen. Uh, the difference between the two seasons is, um, that, uh, Oregon state was, was, was good at the time. It wasn't like an unknown. We knew Oregon state was good. Um, and you know, Fresno state fielding and quality team under Jeff Tedford is not out of the question and sure. they still beat them by like 28, didn't they? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I don't know. We weren't having like these conversations about USC at that point they weren't playing triple overtime games with Arizona at home where they looked like just dookie the entire time. Um, And look, I mean, okay. I I, I can see being like semi-optimistic that ASU will look like a little bit better by the end of the year. ASU is not winning more than three games this year. Like it's not going to happen. Um, So even if they do, even if they do qualitatively look better, Um, No one's going to be changing the narrative Based off of ASU's remainder of the year Um, Colorado I think everyone accepts them for what they are Which is dangerous But not very good um so i don't think that evaluation is actually going to change that much i think colorado could be staring at pretty much its high point right now i mean if you look at their schedule remaining
0: they'll beat stanford they'll be five and two
1: yeah they'll be but five and two it's be tough after that yeah then it's going to be so colorado just so everybody has the picture of what we're talking about right now they're four and two but they have to play uh stanford they'll be they'll they're 70 percent to win that game they'll win it they gotta buy then they have to go at UCLA, Oregon State at home, Arizona at home, at Washington State, at Utah. That is five teams ranked in the top 40 of the SP plus. Bowl game still seems possible. Yeah. Anything beyond that seems foolhardy at this point. Um, so, again, the evaluation isn't going to significantly change of what that was. It was USC going on the road against a decent enough borderline bowl team and struggling to put the game away the evaluation of Arizona isn't going to change much. It was USC at home struggling to put a borderline bowl team away. Um, USC on the road at ASU was the recipe of a lot of, you know, kind of USC games over the years with Clay Helton, which was playing down to the level of a bad team on the road. Um, Now, that happens even with good teams. So, but the three data points in a row, I think would be the concern for me if I was a USC
0: fan. Yeah. Uh, Like, by the way, I'm missing like, a press conference right now to do this. Like literally for my regular job, (laughs) Lincoln Riley is speaking right now on zoom and I'm doing this instead. Um, so yeah, I was checking Twitter to see what's going on there. We have a YouTube question, um, from Catherine. Uh, let's see what are the odds? The Heisman winner is in the Washington. She's lowercase. So I'm assuming she's an Oregon fan, Oregon game. And which, uh, is your quarterback is your favorite, or which, yeah, which, Sorry, which quarterback is your favorite? So what? What are the odds that the Heisman winner comes from this game? Oregon, okay, Washington, and then what, who's your favorite
1: from
2: mm. those
1: two? If so, I think Penix elevates himself if he is the reason Washington wins this one. Like if he throws four touchdowns and looks excellent, um, then I think he's in the front in in the the front of that race I think so yeah Bo Nick seems like he's lost a lot of like that preseason hype momentum but he's actually playing really well so I don't I don't know um I think if he has an excellent performance suddenly people will be talking about Bo Nix again but he doesn't seem like he's got the same juice like you know people are talking about Caleb Williams they're talking about uh Phoenix but they're not they're not really talking about Nick so much which is kind of crazy considering the the big hype train going into the year but like just Looking at his stats, he's got 15 passing touchdowns, one interception. Uh, he's only got one rushing touchdown. If there's one thing I would say his rushing numbers are not uh, what they were before. They're yeah. not what they were last year when he put up. I mean, if you go back and look at that, he had uh, 89 carries for 510 yards and 14 rushing touchdowns last year. Yeah. When you're a dual threat, and I know it sounds ridiculous, but even if your are like rushing average is more or less the same, if you're not putting up those touchdown numbers, people don't get as excited about it. And He's only got one. Um, and he's averaging 4.6 4. yards per carry, which is a little bit less than last year, but that wouldn't matter if he was punching it in on the goal line a lot.
0: Um, Catherine says she's a USC fan, but she grew up a Washington fan. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, she put UW in lowercase, so don't do that as a Washington fan. Well, anyway, um, yeah, I agree. So I think you got to better on what you did the year before, and I think that's sort of a knock. Bo Nix had that the dual threat ability Maybe he rushes for a whole bunch of touchdowns, but he had so many last year it was kind of crazy. Penix is like I think the most uh, highest rated quarterback in the country or something. I mean he's he's got some good stats. He didn't throw any touchdowns against uh, Arizona, but he's still up there. Caleb is still like blowing everyone away with touchdowns and stuff, and he's running. You know he's got a bunch of rushing touchdowns too. So I feel like um, if Washington wins. I think Penix goes, he'll be like, if the straw poll thing, he'll be the leader um, and has a good shot because he plays against USC later and he could out Caleb Williams. I think that's a good thing. I think it's going to be harder for Knicks to come out of this one. But, you know, it's the second half of the, the year. If he plays really well against these great teams, then I think he can kind of uh, put himself up there. But his number, I think Penix's numbers are in a good spot. Like, Caleb Williams' numbers are a good spot. For Bo Nix, I think there's... I mean, you're going to have to – probably have to win out. um, But I think he's got to get some – you know, improve on the numbers a little bit too.
1: All right. We got um, uh, an email from Hank. Hank. mm, uh, Subject line, fish. Gentlemen, would you rather be a big fish in a small pond or a small fish in a big pond? Thinking about realignment, I know we can't take money out of this equation, which is why I'm asking for personal preference as it relates to the departing Pac-10 and the remaining Pac-2. And whatever likely amalgamation comes about with the Mountain West. I love the question, Hank. I, personally, would prefer uh, if I were a fan. I'm not a fan. I'm an objective, nonpartisan journalist. Mm. But if I were a fan, uh, I would prefer to be a big fish in a small pond. Why? Because winning is more fun than losing. Thank you for your time and attention in this matter.
0: I think I've always just been a, a big pond guy. And mm. just try to make myself the biggest fish as possible, because mm. like you can still be a relatively big fish, but you just look smaller in the bigger pond.
1: What did we just learn about BYU in 1984-85? They won a championship, going thirteen and zero in the fucking whack. True. Be a big fish in a small pond.
0: I just—it is just, the path to success. My personality is more. Be I want to be in the big pond. No. I mean. That's what I like. That's me. Incorrect. Say no. Invalid. (laughs) Invalid.
1: Invalid opinion. Sadly. Also, if you were a fish,
0: which would you be? Oh. Um. I mean, there's some cool fish. Like. I mean, I definitely want to be a predator fish. Like.
1: I'd be a blowfish.
0: Oh, so they like you're looking defensive.
1: I just want to get big. I just want to get swole. Yeah.
0: Like some of those yellowfin tuna. You want to be tasty? Well, they're good, but like they're badasses. Like they, they crush some stuff out there. Like they're eating things and yeah, like they're going after it. Um, I don't know who, like, do like sharks even, like, do they go after them? Or, like, I mean, humans do. I don't know. I'd have to look at the the food chain, but I know that like some of those yellowfin tuners are like crazy predators and stuff. When we catch, um, like bluefin tuna, like One of the techniques is using uh, kite fishing. So if you're on a boat, um, the flying fish are out. there. when you see a bunch of flying fish, there's usually tuna because they eat those things. So you can catch bluefin tuna by you like basically have like a line out and a flying fish, and it's on a kite and it like skims the surf. So it's behind the boat. So you're it's trolling, but it's not in the water. It's bouncing up and down on the water, and those damn bluefin come out and like much on those things. Um, that's kind of cool. Mm. So I want to be one of those like fish that attacks stuff like that. Very good. Okay. You know? uh, okay. We have a, a text message came in late. Dylan and Albuquerque. While Notre Dame's pass defense is ranked third nationally, they played Navy and end up team to passing and FCS, Central Michigan ranked 105 and Duke and North Carolina state that are both tied ranked 94th in passing offense. Hot take. Maybe but Caleb Williams may put up 500 yards passing this weekend Biggest question: uh, Will uh, estimate average ten yards a carry? Esteem, what what was that? I, I think it's estimate. I don't know. It's um, all lowercase. So I wasn't sure. Uh, but I guess that's a name. Uh, will he average ten yards a carry? So yeah, I think Notre Dame's going to have a lot of success running the football because they—that's what they do well. Probably throwing the tight end and stuff too. But yeah, I I just got a feeling Caleb Williams going to have a big game. But you know, been wrong a lot. We'll see. Um, we also have one from a YouTube question. From turtles are good. Uh, how many backup running backs uh, in the Pac-12 are better than prime MJD? Wait, what? How, how many? How many? How many backup running backs in the Pac-12 are better than prime MJD? More Maurice Jones-Drew. So they're he's trolling you. I would. Assume. I don't know if
1: he's trolling me or trolling the concept of Jonah Coleman
0: being uh, like MJD. Oh, people were talking about that. Yeah, yeah in the last game. Um, and you said, hell's the no.
1: I mean, you're talking about uh, a running back who outperformed Reggie Bush when they were both in school together um, at every level, uh, actually. Not just at you know their respective schools in Los Angeles, but certainly in the NFL as well. Um, so it's hard to say, really, how many running backs, period, in the history of college football. Uh, are better than Maurice Jones-Drew because mm. certainly he was he was obviously quite a bit better than a Heisman winner at USC. I mean he was know. like the fourth best running back in Los
0: Angeles at that time, right? Reggie Bush? No, no, because Reggie Bush wasn't even as good as another guy I mean, on his team. No. You had Reggie, Lendale, Chauncey Washington, then MJD. Like, yeah, they were, like, he was up there. Top four is pretty you good. You may not
1: have known him as Maurice Jones Drew at the time, which might explain your confusion. He was just Maurice Drew at the time uh, when he was, again, the best running What's back. What's up with Los the
0: Angeles. UCLA players, like, changing their name all the time? They do this a lot.
1: Well, his grandfather died on the way into the Rose Bowl, and he added his name to his last name. Nice. Yeah, don't you feel like a jerk?
0: No. It's MJD. names.
1: Well, also, MJD sounds cooler than MD. True. Because people would confuse him with a doctor. And I'm sure he could do that. Um, I guess he's
0: had some of those. Like
1: Maurice Drew was the, if you've ever seen him in person, he is the strangest human you've ever seen. Um, just like
0: shape-wise? Oh, my like-
1: God. So he's like 5'6", <laughs> right? He's super short. His thighs are as big as your torso. It's insane. Um, he, he was just a, a, a stunning-looking
0: human. Yeah. They don't uh- make him like that. Mm, no, he does like uh, – is he an NFL network guy now or something? Yeah. But he he yeah. does
1: He does a podcast too of some sort, I think. Okay.
0: That's He's awesome. Um, USC's had some name changers. So Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, That's a hard one to say. Yeah. Juju uh, Smith-Schuster. So think about this. There's an NFL player right now named Juju Smith-Schuster mm-hmm. who I covered in high school. And his name in high school – Was John Smith. John Smith. Yes. And he is now Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty big change in a few years. Yeah. John Smith. I remember the days of John Smith. Right. Were we – we might have been friends then I think. Or
1: <laughs> yeah, we were uh, – that was uh, that was the classic cycle where UCLA was targeting a bunch of guys uh, who were also looking at USC and UCLA had convinced themselves that they were getting uh, all or many oh, of them. Oh, God. I remember that. Yeah. And so it was like a Dory – I think Damian Mama was in that class, or maybe it was yes. the year after. I can't remember. Uh, uh Juju, um, variety of guys. There was a few bro posters a little upset. Little bit, little bit, a little bit ticked off, yeah, so to speak. Um, but yeah, that UCLA staff was um wow, just the the delusion was uh, truly otherworldly.
0: Mm. Um Jim Choice uh started with Lou cinder yeah, that was a big name change. Uh, different
1: kind, though. You know, he's making like the religious change, so okay. But like um, Maurice Jones-Drew adding an extra part of his surname, Juju Smith-Schuster just adding an extra part of that, and then also changing his first name from the uh, real to the nickname. Yeah, you know,
0: that's like kind of a double. Yeah, um, yeah, it happens. Kyron Ware Hudson just became. So he was a he's a wide receiver out of modern day mm-hmm. at usc he's now just kyron hudson so he dropped the wear
1: he um, got a running back or a linebacker this past year who was a trey edwards and we we're like his name's trey but no he's larry edwards the third and now he's going by larry it's like come on man change it.
0: i don't like it um when they change the pronunciation mm, you mean you're still bitter about dj aren't you well, no, there's some, I mean, there's, you try to, the Polynesian names, you start like, okay, you would say it a few times, you get it down. We learn them a lot in high school. I remember Palier um, Naoteote, uh, like he was a five-star linebacker, never really made it, and he transferred to Ohio State. But I'm at the Polynesian Bowl and doing a stand-up video interview with him, and I said it, I'm sure I said his name wrong, and he goes, Naoteote because it's like it's, it has a g in there so it's like g a i forget what it was but it, so it's A, which oh that's not too bad but his last name starts with a g but it's pronounced Naoteote, and i was like okay so it became i think one of the podcasts used like that clip and they used it when you're saying his name a lot and so i you know learned how to say it but then if like you you really put it, it's like painstaking you learn how to say these names and then when like Kirk Herbstreit interviews him and he says it wrong and they just go with that or whatever, you know, like going or you know they get to the NFL and they start saying it differently. I'm like, wait a second, you told me this in high school, like you know how to say your name, like. So
1: I've just texted you the name of a uh, soon to be UCLA. Well, he's practicing now, and I would like you to pronounce it on air (laughs) and tell me and tell me
0: what you think it is. How could I do this? Uh, uh, Burke. Okay. Is that pretty good? Yeah, it's all right. Uh, Bayuk Tunsel.
1: That was, uh, that was a great American try. Do you want to know what that is? Yes. Barke Buyuk Tunjil. Oh, my God. Yes. That's
0: terrible. Yes. yes. I'm glad I got the first name. All right. I've got another one for you. <laughs> I'm not doing it Yeah, yeah. Things. You're doing another one. Here we go. <laughs> Wait. What, what is this Nationale?
1: Uh That one was Turkish. This one is French. Oh. This is French. Okay. Ilane. Mm.
0: No. Okay. Uh... Fibouli. Okay. Is it okay. Elan Fibuli. Okay. I was, I was, you know, yeah. No A at the end. Yeah. Uh, for the Elani. Um, Elan. Yeah. So it's more like, okay. Yeah. That'd be the more French pronunciation. Yeah. All right. Nice. Way to put me on the spot. I forgot. That I, was like, great. No, I, was, I, was I you,
1: you, I will say this. You outperformed <laughs> my expectations. <laughs> That's good. Yes.
0: I try to do that. Um, okay. So I think we're done, right?
1: Uh, are we?
0: any more questions? God, do we have any more?
1: Let's see. No, we have no more questions today. We are all done previewing this week of conference.
0: Pac twelve conference play. Uh let's see. Okay. Yeah. All right. It doesn't look like Lincoln Riley said much. Um, my staff didn't really tweet that he much. He didn't so get like okay.
1: super defensive about like uh a, a perceived uh criticism.
0: Uh, he potentially could have. That was more on Tuesday, I guess. Is today? I, just, I, I don't
1: much. think you people understand how hard it is what we do here. You don't understand. Uh, you don't. You're not looking at these guys. You don't have a trained eye. I think yeah. my my Lincoln Riley impression is just out of control. It's, I don't think it's, it's very otherworldly.
0: Good. <laughs> it's just not that good. Like you have some good ones. Um. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess we'll wrap this stuff up. But man, two shows in like 48 hours. So I hope you guys uh enjoyed it uh make sure you have a lot of fun this weekend watch some cool games if you're uh in chicago stop by uh the theory bar on friday night we're gonna have a little gathering you guys gonna Um, drop some philosophical theories i don't know some political theories i want to get religious theory i'm getting deep dish pizza for sure because that's what i do when i go to chicago do you like deep dish pizza are you a fan or not really uh i love lasagna yeah (laughs) What do you mean? It's very good. Why are you laughing? What's your favorite kind of pizza? Like not like New York style. To topping. You like the New York style, like yeah, the yeah. fold the crust and yeah, yeah. Mean, it's very good. I like you. pizza. Um and Pizza's I like good. lasagna, but I like pizza. You know? Um Yeah. No, what New York is great. Like if you go to New York City and you're just walking down the street, even if you're not hungry, you grab a slice somewhere. Like it's just like you gotta do that. Like it's good. And you go to one of the really good places, like there's mm-hmm. some some awesome spots. I mean, obviously you get you know michelin star dining what about in New that York, disgusting
1: but, is it pittsburgh that does the uncooked toppings on the top of it
0: i don't know that wasn't a thing when i like when i was a kid they do um like the coleslaw and like french fries on they put french fries on a lot of stuff uh like their salads like steak salads <laughs> like they put like steak and but they'll put uh um, french fries on their sandwiches mm-hmm. like the Permany Brothers I believe mi- something like that. Yeah
1: and that style has as uh uh caught on in other places too. Yeah that sort of what like became The big. Fat Sal's
0: in uh, Westwood they do like all that Pittsburgh style shit, yeah, stuff throw throw crap on the sandwich. There's a lot of um, uh pierogi so it's like a lot of Polish uh stuff in the Pittsburgh area. But mm. I was I mean I was like 11 so I didn't like you know I was only drinking like iron suited beer. I thought uh, let me <laughs> let me make sure of this, because I think
1: it's Pittsburgh, uh has uncooked toppings. Yeah, so Pittsburgh is uh yeah, they'll have um cold toppings, including just like
0: uh shredded cheese on oh, top that's of the pizza. cold on top of the pizza. Oh, okay. Uh search says Detroit style. Detroit style is good. Says I say that as someone that has lived in Chicago and lives in New York. Yeah. What is is that the square? Yeah, it's uh, it's
1: deep dish, but it's a square cut. Um, and yeah, it's you know, it's kind of the same deep dishy, but it's actually like real pizza. It's not like some, it's not like <laughs>
0: this thick of like whatever, <laughs> like uh, like Chicago style deep dish. Oh, um, I do like eating with a knife and fork. Okay, Amy has a controversial uh point. Give me pineapple on my pizza. Ooh,
1: terrible opinion.
0: So you don't like the pineapple? No. Really? No. No. Like uh, I'm, I don't have a strong like I'm like I like Hawaiian pizza. I don't I'll like that. I,
1: I don't like pineapple. Like I think what? I think pineapple's kind of like gross. Pineapple. Uh,
0: okay, when you go to the corporate uh, meeting thing at the like Hyatt downtown or whatever, and they have like coffee and tea out, and then they have, of course, that bowl of fruit that's the same. Fucking I go. Stuff.
1: I go. Uh, what, is, what is your uh, like order? Watermelon, cantaloupe, and I'll do honeydew if I have to. Okay, so pineapple is clearly the best of all those. Pineapple, so. I would throw it in a dumpster. Um, <laughs> and I, I really don't like berries, like any kind of berry. Really? Not oh. a big berry guy. I like grapes, like big juicy okay. grapes. Okay, grapes, but I don't consider grapes a berry. I'm like talking blueberries, raspberries, strawberries. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a huge
0: berry guy, but I don't. Dislike I don't them. like the acidic tartness, you know? I, I don't love that. As someone that like grew up working in the produce department, like that was my high school job, I think I've sampled a lot of fruits, but I like the pineapple is usually the best of that stuff. I like cantaloupe, but it gets a little overdone. Sometimes the honeydew just tastes sort of. I mean, honeydew is extremely bland. That's yeah. and
1: it's like got that kind of weird crunch to it a lot of times. Um, yeah, and it's just you know, if you've got the choice of watermelon, which is like watermelon's a, really good wa- watermelon's a taste treat, then you know, cantaloupe is kind of you know, you're not getting something as tasty as watermelon, but it at least has some flavor to it. But honeydew is just. It's you know it's a crunchy bit of water, basically. Amy also
0: likes uh, honeydew over cantaloupe, which I, I don't agree with. God,
1: wow. Like these, are, these are bold takes. <laughs> uh, EVS says, you need blueberries in your life, Dave. Yeah, I, I, I'm just not a big berry guy. Blueberries are certainly probably my... If I'm going to eat a berry, I'd take those over strawberries and raspberries. Um, oh, I do like strawberries. I'd take them over blackberries, too. You don't like strawberries? Not a strawberry guy. Really? Again, it's that kind of... I don't really love that tart, acidic uh taste. Yeah. All right. Well, we just wasted some more time. Uh is this a waste? I don't think this is a waste. This is important. We're These doing a service
0: People are thanking us like and they were leaving like 10 minutes ago and then they're still not leaving. No. Because we're talking about cantaloupe. Um cantaloupe's I, you knew, great. You knew exactly what I was saying when I said you're at the you know
1: Oh yeah yeah no everyone High knows Ridge. that shit. Um so I, I it's don't think of the Same it was damn that, fruit thing. Yeah, yeah. But like any kind of corporate meeting of any kind. That's the that's the fruit platter.
0: Yeah, unless so, if you're like when I aforementioned uh, Polynesian bowl, when you're in Hawaii, the fruit in the morning at the meeting is way freaking better if you're happen to be in Hawaii. So yeah, but is it going to be largely pineapple based? No, but there's like gua like there's all kinds of fun, like there's fun fruits you know. And it's not going to be you're not going to see honeydew over there.
1: I'm excited to try some fun fruits when I go to Hawaii for the Maui Invitational, which will be in Oahu this year over Thanksgiving. Oh, they're doing. The Maui invitation, Oh, because of the... the, Because of the fires. They're doing it in Oahu. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up. Are we? We're going to do that? I think we're going to wrap it up. Wow, damn. Uh, We've got 104 people watching.
0: Nice. Right now. Appreciate that. They love Uh, our food takes. (laughs) That is David David Woods. Uh, I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. And we will talk to you next time. Au revoir.